The NBA All-Star Game is starting up in Utah this weekend. Sunday will be the culmination of all the big stars coming down to Salt Lake. And we will maybe see a Chicago Bull who wasn't on the court the last few games. The Chicago Bulls who are in a huge losing streak. The Chicago Bulls who are making my hair gray. The Chicago Bulls that are frustrating all of us here in Chicago. Every NBA lover. We are here on the Sports Cubicle. It's the Marvelous One, Dan Marver, Devin Single, Paul Shavari throughout the entire show. I'm Mike Mercado. And yeah, we have finally made it to All-Star Weekend for all the people who love the association. And a lot of things have kind of stayed the same for the Chicago Bulls. Even worse. This losing streak, six straight games heading into the All-Star break, and it's not looking good. DeMar has not been playing, and they are giving up big leads. There's a lot we're going to have to get into. I'm angry, Marver, but we get to the All-Star break, and uh, your thoughts on it's not the first half. The first half has already come and gone, but we've made it to the All-Star break. I mean, where are you at this point? Post-trade deadline, we talked all about that a few episodes ago. How are you feeling right now? I'm a little disappointed that we were talking about how the uh, play-in games work. And that may be uh, a moot point with regard to the Bulls. <laughs> because, um, I mean, losing to the Bucks is, is one thing. You know, 112 to 100 was their last game. But the streak with the Pacers and the Magic and the Cavs and the Nets. And they play the Nets again the next game that they play. And the Grizzlies. I mean, the last win was against the Spurs, who are about the worst team in the league. So um, it's not looking good. We've talked about... What's going on? They don't. They 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 have the team is talking about the fact that they have no chemistry and no organization or something. I don't even know what they're talking about. You'd think that they have a plan, obviously, and the plan isn't working <laughs> very well uh, with regard to winning games. So it's very discouraging. And I mean, I almost sense a little disharmony at this point in time, which is also going to affect their ability to win. I think. So I think what's frustrated me the most is the messaging the last few weeks of whether it's been AK who's done a couple of media things, the very rare media that this front office has done. And which, by the way, Phil Epstein was on the score and it was such a re it was so refreshing to hear him back on the radio because there's so much transparency. They don't give you the entire portfolio, but they let you in on the base that you need to know. And you don't get that from the Chicago Bulls right now. And, you know, they talk about, they were going to use as, as of the trade deadline, which was 28 games of evaluation. What else do you need to see? You've seen it all. You've seen how this team acts without DeMar. The ball does get around better. But there's still no offense around Zach Levine where it's kind of it's kind of elevating his, his best features. We also have realized that Zach isn't the one, and we're going to get to that in a little bit because I did some, uh, so I did some writing, marvelous one. We're going to get into Zach Levine standing in the entire NBA, but more than anything, we know the big blemish on this team is shooting three pointers. Before we press record on on this segment, you brought it up, and it's been something we've been talking about for months. Not only don't they make enough, they don't shoot enough. And, you know, this whole thing about Russell Westbrook coming to the Bulls, like, it'd be nice. Yeah, he'll take the threes. He won't make them. But what's more interesting is, is he going to be the kick in the butt for this roster? I don't know, because I don't know what's the motivation for this team. What is the direction for this team? They're not bad enough to tank, and they're not good enough to win. So you're back in basketball purgatory, and you have a lot of money on the books, and you kept the guy that now you have to sign. Otherwise, what are you going to do? a sign and trade. Why couldn't you do that in a few weeks ago? And are, is this all just leading to, we're going to trade Zach this off season. 
And this is that's where it becomes very frustrating. Now, Marvelous, I I, I want to run this by you. I, I've seen this as a, a just, you know, we 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 want to be fair, right? Like we praise this team when they're good and we're critical when they're bad. And the one thing that is just so apparent to me is as much as they may like each other, they and they're all good dudes, they're all upstanding citizens, the chemistry between the Mar, Zach, and Nicola isn't working. And that's combination isn't helping nurture and mature Patrick Williams. Io seems to be the only one who has kind of gravitated towards this group and has taken another step. Have you seen that observation? Have you seen that with this three good NBA players would make any team better if they were on other rosters, but together it just doesn't seem to be working. That's correct. Uh, We've talked about the fact that for the future, the big so-called big three, won't be here for sure one way or the other <laughs> whether they uh you know, they go somewhere else or uh or they you know get older so they got to start thinking about how to handle that and you know the funny thing is is uh, you know even with the improvement against the pacers they were 15 to 35 from three pointers which was 45 42.9 percent so that's pretty good so i mean even that within a slight improvement on that it hasn't resulted in w's and and I get. I must go back thinking about it to their defense because to give up such a big lead is a defensive failure. It seems to me more than more than an, an offensive impotence, if you will. So um, I, I think that their defense is suspect as well. I think their defensive efficiency is not just because they don't have the right dudes because they don't right. Like Demar isn't a defensive wizard. Zach isn't a defense. They don't have those guys right. Like Vooch rebounds the rebounds very well. He puts himself in right in, in decent positions. But if there's a dominant center and there's a lot of them in the Eastern Conference, he's not stopping anybody. I think it's the efficiency. I think what it is is the way in the flow of the game affects the defense for this team. You know, here's the thing. I think the way these defensive numbers look better, these rebounds look better, offensive rebound, defensive rebound, all this stuff, the little stuff that ends up being the big picture when it's on defense, these hustle stats, if you will, is flow of the game. You can't be trading twos for threes. You're out of it. You're always playing catch up. You're always catching up to the deep, to the offense on fast breaks. You're never in the right position. If you've ever noticed when the Bulls are able to control the game, that's when they look their best. Because they're controlling the tempo of the game. That's not how what happened in in most aspects, most matchups. That's not the case. The Bulls did not do enough this offseason. And we saw it even bringing in Dragic, even bringing in Drummond. We saw it this offseason knowing from what happened last year, the Jekyll and Hyde season that was last season. This team had one big efficiency that was lacking. And it was three points. Not only three-point attempts, three-point mains, it was the threat of a three-point shooter. They don't have that. They don't have a two-and-D player. They don't have and, – and the you know, and I hate to be hard on – you know, he's he has taken steps to develop, but you invested a lot in draft capita and in hopes that Patrick Williams would be that fourth dude that would be able to take over games, and he hasn't been able to. And I think that's where it's it's really – it, it, the 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 roller coaster got derailed. The train got, you know, delayed because the train tracks are frozen. Like it has been just obstruction over obstruction over obstruction. And I don't want to lose sight that they don't have their point guard. The guy that they tampered with 
to then bring into this season. They don't have him, and we've been on it. He's not playing this season. So they've always been behind the eight ball. They've always been a watch. So with all that in mind, they didn't tank. They didn't blow it up. And then they didn't re they didn't ensure themselves that if he didn't play, they would have the proper point guard for the season. And everybody wants to say that we know the Reinsorps will go into the tax if they feel it was a winner. So what is this team? If it's not a winner, what are you doing? Marvelous. I want to run this by you because we're talking about this roster. I did some old school. That's right. Onto paper. Onto paper. <laughs> I did a top list of NBA players. I'm just going to run through them. I'm not, we're not going to have to go all through it, but I just going, I've been frustrated just thinking. I'm like, man, I like Zach. I like DeMar, but where are they? How much can they do? You watch these other teams. You're like, yeah, we got the Bulls. We as a fan base have really nice players. But it's not that. And just this is the list before you get to the Bulls. And I'm missing dudes because this was just spur of the moment when I printed this out. Giannis, Joker, Luca, Durant, LeBron, Steph, Embiid, Tatum, Morant, even Kyrie Irving. We'll see how it plays out in, in Dallas. Butler went healthy. Kawhi, Booker, Trey, Lillard, Mitchell. We're already at 16 by the time we get to Mitchell. Mitchell might be higher on the list. Paul George, Bam, Chris Paul, Zion, Jalen Brown, Shane uh, Gillis-Alexander, James Harden, Kyle Anthony Towns. Then we get to DeMar. Then we get to Zach. I mean, Bradley Beal, Chris Middleton, LaMelo, Pascal Siakam, Anthony Edwards. Like, we're, they could fall even further. That's where this team is. They didn't even bring up Brandon Ingram. Like there is, it, it, to me, it is the worst position they could be in. Marvelous, what do you think? Well, it's a, an excellent list. And the only, speaking of Steph, it's uh, interesting to note the Golden State Warriors are 28 and 28 in their playing team. So, so sometimes what did I tell you, what have I been <laughs> telling everybody? It's it's the what was the Brady uh, Patriots effect, then the Brady effect, and now the Mahomes effect. If the Warriors are in it, and if their road is just a slim easier than it could be, they're cruising to an NBA Finals. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you talk about the Bulls, I mean, their first draft pick from Arizona, I mean, the Elon Terry, actually scored 16 points in the last game in 27 minutes. So, I mean, by the fact that they were shorthanded, they started using him. So, I mean, this is your future, I have to think. Uh, you know, their draft picks, and that they'll obviously bring in other people uh, to replace what whatever's lost. But now, <laughs> I had, last time we were talking about, oh, they can get a play in, win us one of those goofy series where you just have to win one or two games and get in the, in the, in the, in the eight and then see what happens after that against one of the top four. But it's um, it looks like it's falling apart five in a row. I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, almost... Uh, disastrous and it looks like there was a mistake made by not doing something because the the hand they've got is not going to win any poker games <laughs> i mean you look at somebody like sga who was drafted i think after wendell carter who's not even on the roster anymore who flourished after the bulls Lori marketing i think i don't know how much it correlates because i think they were good players it was just it, it just didn't work out in chicago 
but the development of a Dalen Terry, a Patrick Williams, a Kobe Wyatt, and Io is so important because they don't have that transcendent player. And we have to go back to, you know, I, I will go back to it when it was Zach this offseason. Did the Bulls outbid themselves? Yeah, they had no choice. Zach Levine put the Bulls and this front office in a position where they had to sign him to that deal. He played himself. He earned the right to that deal. They, I don't think they believed he was going to. I think they were going to try not to give him the Supermax. I think they were okay with giving him the Max, but I don't think they wanted to give him the Supermax. And you couldn't capitalize on the Mars MVPS season. So it's all kind of, it's always been a short window. The idea was always that this was a bridge from Vooch and DeMar for Zach to kind of take over. And then you would have the finished development of a Patrick Williams and some of these other guys that you have. That's not the case now. And in the NBA, you get stuck to contracts. If you're not careful, you're not able to move these contracts. And a lot of these dudes are talented, but it's not, it's sometimes the mix. It's sometimes the coaching staff. And it's something you got to keep your eye on to see what's going to happen this upcoming offseason. And we're here on the Sports Cubicle breaking down the Chicago Bulls as we are at the All-Star break. The NBA greats are heading to Salt Lake City. You know, it is Michael's 60th birthday this weekend. And uh, Salt Lake means a lot to the city of Chicago. But we are breaking down everything, the NBA and the Chicago Bulls. It's the marvelous one, Dan Marver. It's Devin Tingle and Paul Shavari throughout the entire show. I'm Mike Mercado. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. And Marvelous, I think they are trading Zach this coming up offseason. If yeah. you had to guess the rest of the way the season's playing out, are the Bulls in the draft wherever I don't even know where they end up. I'm gonna we're gonna be looking into this depending on how these Lucy streaks are. But let's just say for sake of argument, are they in the draft or are they in the play-in? <laughs> well, I'm gonna say knowing the Bulls will be almost like neither. They'll end up eleventh or twelfth. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So they won't get one of the top five picks, and they won't be in the play-in. So that's that's what I expect to happen. Unfortunately, I mean, and it's realistic because that's where they are right now. And they um, can't. I mean, they could drop much further. I suppose they could go fall behind Washington. That, that wouldn't be too hard. Orlando. So I mean, they could get close to. But right now, I think Houston or San Antonio is a lock on the first draft pick. <laughs> yeah. Because they, yeah. they're, they're maybe Houston. They haven't, they haven't got. Yeah, they haven't gotten the twenty wins yet. Either one of them. So, uh, yeah. Uh, do you let me ask you this? This <laughs> is kind of the big last thing that I've just been stewing on for the last, you know, few weeks. The front office hasn't done enough bad for me to want them out. And I do think stability is a big thing. I thought John, pa uh, I thought Pax was a really good general manager for a while. I thought Foreman was garbage, you know, yeah. He was an executive. He was with the family. I thought he was the, the weak link the entire time. And you just saw the regime kind of take a nosedive with him in that lead role. I think that there is something to this front office. I do think this front office is intelligent. I think they've missed. I think both things can be true. I think they could be a front office with a lot of potential, a lot of good ideas, still some good vibes. But they squandered those good vibes and they've made some bad moves. All that can be true. And it leaves me in a, in a position where I'm like, I don't know if there's any good replacements out there. I don't know if there's any tried and true 
ways that you can build from within the organization like you were able to in the NBA back in the day where it was a little bit more insulary and like the way it is in the NFL where it's just such a fast turnaround. You know, this is an infrastructure thing. I think this might take some time. I think it's important that they they also do do right by DeMar and Zach because if you don't, you're going to get that reputation that Garpax had. And you can't afford the Jerry Krause, John Paxson, uh, Gar Foreman effect. You already have it with Jerry. You know, you're hoping Michael takes a lot of that that pressure off. But, I mean, where, where are you on that when it comes to the front office and the idea where they do have to be delicate because it isn't the easiest sale to bring high-name free agents to deal with some of these other teams to move draft picks with other teams if you're this Bulls front office? Well, suppose, I mean, supposedly, according to reports, the, the Bulls were in conversations during this trade deadline, but nothing happened. So maybe the things that were discussed would have, you know, helped or not helped. We'll never know. So th- there's the issue of transparency, obviously. And uh, so we don't really know what the plan is as a result. <laughs> and uh, so that leaves a lot of us in limbo as to how to feel about the Bulls going forward. But be that as it may, I mean, the, the, they're going to obviously be, be playing with this team, it appears, for the remainder of the season. And uh, if they're in this you know, zone of <laughs> mediocrity where they're going to get maybe a fifth or sixth draft pick and not be in the plan, that's the worst combination. I mean, I mean, look at what they, I mean, their draft pick last year was, was, was Terry. So, I mean, it's, it's not somebody that's necessarily going to step in right away anyway. So it looks like they might have to use some of the salary money that they're going to lose. Zach, for example, to, uh, to bring in another free agent. And that's the way you win in the NBA. It's, it's almost that way in college now <laughs> because, you know, you get your graduate students who are there one year. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's it's crazy. So um, the NBA is about the same way. You may get a guy for a couple of years, and then you have to get another guy. There's, you know, you can't. You're not going to build any any relationship with the fans with long term people anymore in the NBA. So that's just the way it is. They're going to have to get some new people in and get another rookie and uh, see how that chemistry is because this chemistry is no good. <laughs> yeah, I mean the ingredients aren't working. Like all the ingredients are fresh. They all look pretty delicious. They should make a good pizza, a good lasagna, a good tor- uh, torta, tostada, whatever you want to be, right? But it's just not mixing right. And I'll say this much, right? Like, if you're the Bulls, there's two ways you could go about this. You blow the whole thing up, you get a bunch of draft picks, and you try to one-day hit and get your guy, get your Giannis, get your Embiid, get the type of potential that we'll see with Wembenyamba, like, whatever, right? Or you could go down the road and you could be like, is Minnesota going to give up on Anthony Edwards because they have so much money tied up with other people? Can you find your Devin Booker? Can you get DeAndre Aiden? Can you get somebody from another team and bring him in? And my goal was always, my hope was always Donovan Mitchell, that that was the guy and a, a team within your own division, a divisional rival scoops him up. And I think that there is two ways that they could go about it. But the road that they're on right now is not the way to do it because you're leading to a whole lot of nowhere, and it's just a big circle. So I'm a I'm a little I'm a little worried about that. But there are ways they could get themselves out of it. It's just 
Bulls fans, unfortunately, this isn't the NFL, right? Where the Bears can hit on everything this coming up offseason and win 11 games and win the NFC North. That doesn't happen in the NBA. That doesn't happen in Major League Baseball. You have to be in the right position to sometimes arrive early. You have to have hit on the right amount of people. The auxiliary players have to be the correct guys. Your coaching staff has to be on par. Your front office has to be checking their uh, eyes and dotting their eyes and slashing their T's, right? Like they have to be making sure they're doing all of that. That It's not the NFL. So this is going to be a process. But Marvelous, we're heading into the All-Star Weekend. Any final thoughts? Uh, you know, I'm not going to – I don't care about the All-Star game. It's just nice that, you know, it, it's a thing for people who like it. But any final <laughs> thoughts? The Bulls, the NBA, <laughs> heading into All-Star Weekend. They should, they should do like in the NFL and maybe play play shirts and skins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Like yeah, the YMC, Like at the you YMCA. Know, the Marvelous, is there any – you know, it was cool. It was a cool novelty back in the day when there wasn't a lot on television and yeah. there wasn't a lot of sports and – we weren't just gluttonous on content, but there is no really need for all-star festivities minus selling tickets and getting merchandise, right? Right. That's true. Except except we, we had it in Chicago uh, a few years ago for the to start the COVID spread. So Well, okay. <laughs> it's funny you say that. The super spreader that was the United Center for yeah. All-Star Weekend, that's really what changed the direction of the Chicago Bulls because they didn't have an all-star. They were the laughingstock of the NBA. They were one of the sad teams of the NBA. And now they're one of the empathetic teams in the NBA right now. Everybody keeps saying it. You you hear it if you listen to podcasts, what mainstream, here locally, wherever. There are a few sleeping giants in the NBA. And one of them are the Chicago Bulls. The idea of one day in the next, hopefully, century, that the Chicago Bulls and the New York Knicks can meet in a conference finals... <laughs> Like, you don't think the NBA wants that? You don't think that they're clamoring for the idea of watching that kind of game play out? <laughs> that, and so it's just, it's got to get together. I think Chicago, Marvelous, we'll leave it on this one because now I'm going to start ranting, okay? <laughs> we forget that we live in Chicago. And if you don't, you're in the Chicagoland area. If not, you're in the suburbs of Chicago. If not, then you're in the suburbs. If not, you're in the state of Illinois, especially if you're in the northern state, right? Anything north of Springfield, let's just say. You forget that you're the, the second city, the third largest market. The millions of people live in your city. You live in one of the world's best cities. All the, you know, the narratives from all your political sides aside. It's a world-class city. There is no excuse that one of the foundations, we wouldn't accept this. And we, you know, we're seeing it now how much, our trains have suffered. Our art exhibits have suffered. Our our public services and our public, what should be like the Lincoln Park Zoo now that they're renovating all this, right? We wouldn't accept that. We shouldn't accept it from our entertainment and our sports teams. Don't let them off the hook. This is the Chicago Bulls. This is the Chicago Bulls. This is Chicago. Don't, don't allow people that are asking you for money for subpar product. You wouldn't go to the art museum, the field museum, whatever, for a sub-art product. Don't do that for this, for these entities as well. But Marvelous, yeah. we'll see how they bounce back. We'll find <laughs> how they bounce back. Next time, we'll be ranting about baseball. Uh, you know, you know, <laughs> I'm a new school guy, so I'm all about the change. I know you're iffy yeah. on it. I promise yeah, you we're going to break all that down 
in the next few weeks. But until then, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter at SportsKeepItGoTV. It's the marvelous one, Dan Marbury. It's Devin Tingle. It's Paul Shavari. I'm Mike Mercado.